Yo, yo, yo. What's up, motherfuckers? We're back. <laughs> it's episode 54 of Wine and Cheese. You know what it is. Uh, I'm Joey. <laughs> and I'm Mike. Um, and this week we are covering Super Amusement Machine for Your Exciting Heart by the band Counterfeit off of Accident Prone Records in 2002 and TriStar Pictures September 4th, 1998 release, Knock Off. Yeah, what a yeah. stupid album title. Um, <laughs> oh, hey. <laughs> we'll get to it. Uh, hey, hey, hey. Sorry for the delay for our fans. I'm not going to apologize because some shit happened. Mike doesn't have to apologize, <laughs> even though he didn't like knock his computer off a desk or something. It fell in the middle of the night, and I woke up to a fucked up screen. <laughs> and then the day of recording, I tested positive for COVID. And then, yep. and then he went on tour. <laughs> I went on tour. But I'm back. We're halfway through the tour. Last night's show was, was sick. Actually... Stupid to do this, but thank you to everyone who's come to see Webwing, Angel Dust, and Spiritual Cramp. Those bands fucking rock. Webwing is having a blast. Everybody on tour rocks. Every show's been really fun. And shout out to uh, to Tim Butterly for coming to the Philly show. Not stupid. Yeah, not, that's not stupid at all. That's cool. Yeah. All right, we we're just watching Gillian Keeves and and uh, and Delco proper because Joey Joey was like, I got to see this man's line of work. I didn't know. I didn't know. But now, yeah. now I've been learnt. True rocker shit. Um, I got some other top of the show notes for us. Uh, some like feedback type stuff. Okay, let's. Uh, are these like notes on like what we could do better? No, just um some <laughs> follow ups from previous episodes. Oh, so sweet. the band Gospel messaged us uh because I tagged them when I posted about oh, the episode, the, the saxophones. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then I was like, yo, while I got you, I they were like, cool, thanks for doing this. This is cool. I can't wait to listen. So I was like, yo, while I got you, I got to ask about that saxophone player in like the O uh, three yeah. Dude Fest video or whatever. And it was a pretty simple answer. They were just like, we just had a saxophone player briefly in the band. <laughs> uh, anticlimactic. I, I don't know who from the band reached out, but um, it was cool that they listened and shared. And I don't want to say that we manifested this, but <laughs> that album is getting repressed, the one and, that we covered, and they have a new record coming and out. And they got new shit. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm super stoked. Crazy. <laughs> Shout out gospel. Not saying because it was from us or anything, but it may, be, it may have been. I think that we gave them like the, the classic wine and cheese bump. Classic wine and cheese bump. Yeah. If you need a bump, hit us up also very cool that they responded i hope i'm trying to think if we said anything disparaging in the episode i don't think we did i don't think we did i think oh. you definitely liked it i remember being kind of like won over by it i feel like sure that was one that we took a little while between listening and recording like yeah we like waited a little while um but yeah that, that sounds right. sick yeah um and then i believe it was mike from uh first seven inch club uh, hit us up, and he said that he also prefers Awesome Powers three, two, one. No, like quote Joyce Manor guy. Okay, okay. Pat. <laughs> okay. We uh, get, we'll have to have Pat on to uh, to defend himself for sure. And backpacking off of that, last night at the gig, uh, the doorman, uh, Philly legend Ob Ob said, uh, "Yo, dude, what's up with the podcast?" And I said, "Yo, hit up my guy. He's on stage right now setting <laughs> up." But anyway, thanks, Ob. Uh, but OB. he gave me. A suggestion based on Austin Powers. Okay. Gold member and Nothing Gold Can Stay by Newfound Glory. That's good. Okay. We could do that. Let's try and get Pat. Okay. So let's merge all of these worlds. <laughs> get Pat Ware of Joyce Manor and Sprainerd and, and I think he was in Nona as well. Sure. And he was in a band. Was he in Paramedics with Zia? Uh, he, yeah, briefly. Yeah, he was so a paramedic. So let's get legendary Philadelphia drummer Pat Ware on. Yes. OB, thank you for the recommendation. And Gospel, thanks for being fucking true, homies. And 
First Seven Inch Club, thanks for for listening. Honestly, the drop what you're too. doing and go listen to that podcast because it rocks. It's great. It's Did really you, have, you check that out? Great. Yeah, yeah. I forget what one I listened to, but it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. and then um, you not to steal your thunder, but you might have th- forgot about this because you told me this a month ago. But Taylor and Bailey both hit us up regarding the loved one is episode. Oh, that's right. Outing themselves <laughs> as like former pop punk guys. Yeah, which I didn't know about either of them. Well, discerningly, Taylor was like, "I love that movie, The Loved Ones," and I was like, "Okay, hang on, we gotta, <laughs> we gotta jaw about this. We gotta have a jaw session here." Um, he remembers. <laughs> oh, right. He liked the movie. I thought he, he liked, liked the, the band. Well, I think he reason. did like the band too. Okay, cool. Bailey loved the band loved ones taylor liked the band loved ones but loved the movie loved ones wild shit yeah a lot of loved ones a lot of loved ones love anyways this all boils down to thank you so much for bearing with us for these last couple weeks in our absence um we'll be a little more regular in the future yeah barring any like massive complications (laughs) um what have you been listening to uh, I got a couple things. Um, I listened to a lot of uh, Viagra Boys lately because I didn't get to go to that gig. Hell yeah! Um, they have a new song called "I Ain't No Thief" in the video. is really cool. Sweet. Um, I listened to the new Devil Master record. It's called "Ecstasies of Never Ending Night." Damn! I got that's... it in the mail uh, Saturday, and it doesn't even come out until Friday. This Friday. Oh, so you got early access? I got a little bit of early access. <laughs> check um, out, yeah, check out Philadelphia's Devil Master. I was spinning that before I came over today. Um, and. And then kind of in similar vein, uh, sort of a b- little bit more black metal-y, I was listening to a split by the bands Ebony Pendant and Lamp of Murmur. I'm um, sorry, one more time? <laughs> Ebony Pendant mm-hmm. is one band. The other is called Lamp of Murmur, or Lamp of Murmur. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Those are crazy-ass names. Uh, and then Gig Report, I went and saw Jawbreaker. Uh, no it was my first heads. show in like two and over two years. No Lemonheads, no Smoking Popes. No Lemonheads, no Smoking Popes. And I got there like right before Jawbreaker. Literally like minutes before Jawbreaker played. So none of the Get Up Kids. I missed the Get Up Kids, which kind of bummed me out because I've never seen them. Um, apparently they were pretty good. I, like I missed Warriors, who I like, but I've seen them before, so I wasn't really pressed about that. Yeah. Um, Jawbreaker, kind of whatever for me, yeah. honestly. Uh, Not to say I expected it, but that's kind of... I also feel like two bands dropping off the show will really deflate, like take some wind out of your sails. It's just bit. It's just like the place was too big. Yeah. I was moderately kind of sketched out because I have like residual pandemic trauma. Yeah. And like, <laughs> you're, uh, you're holding it together last night. I would, yeah, I held it together really well last night. Nice. Um, honestly, it was way easier. But, um, and just like, John Breaker just was what it was fine. Like they yeah. were objectively good, but I very quickly realized Dear You is my least favorite record of theirs. Interesting. Um, they opened with Boxcar and then they just played like Dear You out of order after that. Okay. Um, it sounds, it doesn't sound terrible. It was a, honestly around the time they hit Jet Black, I was like, this song kind of sucks. <laughs> the podcast has like rotted your brain where you're like, <laughs> as you're watching stuff, you're evaluating it. <laughs> I think like, it was. No. Uh, so overall, it was fine. And yeah. then somebody uh, was reading Bob Wilson's tweet. Shout out Bob Wilson. He rocks. <laughs> but he had a tweet that was just like, drummer fucked up all the fills. Honestly, Jawbreaker's not that sick. This show sucks. It was like, I didn't even was, like notice that kind of shit. But it, like, it was just funny, like, not to say hater culture, but he had a very good take on like, just, right. This, this sucks right now. <laughs> but I think the song sounded fine. The banter was almost non existent and bad when it was. Yeah. So they didn't really have much to offer outside of just playing the songs. Yeah. 
Um, but I'm glad other people had fun if they did. Yeah, uh, but gig report, spiritual cramp. Last gig night. report last night. My boys Webwing rocked it. Well, thank you. And but, spiritual but cramp was phenomenal. More importantly, I am loving every. I get to see spiritual cramp and angel dust. So you had showed me spiritual cramp a year or two ago, maybe. Yeah. And I was like, okay, they're pretty cool. Yeah. I've been an angel dust fan, so I'm stoked to see them every night. But spiritual sure. cramp is a true delight. Every you gotta night. see them. If 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 you live in. This is probably going to come out tomorrow. So if you live in D.C., Richmond, <laughs> North Carolina, South Carolina, Atlanta, maybe Nashville. I don't think they're on the Nashville show. But if you live in the, in like the East Coast, Southern yeah. area, go see Spiritual Cramp and Angel Dust because it's sick. Yeah, for and, sure. And tell me if you listen if you listen to the podcast, come say hey to me and punish me, please. Yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be cool. <laughs> um, yeah, Spiritual Cramp, so good. Um, I saw them. They played Philly a couple years ago uh, at Boot and Saddle with... Big nothing in radioactivity, I want to say. Oh, that sounds cool. Looks like Mike just spilled beer on his computer. I did. But, uh, it's fine. We're doing okay. <laughs> while you're handling that, would you also like to talk at the same time and tell me what you've listened to? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I saw Riley Walker in Philly at Johnny Brenda's not that long ago, and he's a cool kind of like guitar guy from Chicago. I think he lives in New York now. I know that name, I think. Yeah. He put out a record called Course in Fable recently, so check that shit out. I think if there are any records left... You should check one of those out. I think they're pretty, uh, pretty limited, um, pretty limited like availability left. But he also did um, a really cool like tape where it's just like drone loops from their practice space with um, with Steve Gunn, who's like a Philly guy. So it's just like a lot of kind of like guitar noise, and uh, and it's like feedbacky shit, and it's super droney and ambient, and it's pretty. It honestly rocks. I would definitely definitely recommend checking that out. He's got his own little label called Husky Pants, I think it's called, and. Uh, yeah, it's cool. It's just kind of like, you know, indie, noisy, cool shit. I think I've checked out Steve Gunn before. Yeah, Steve, um, Steve Gunn's really cool. I don't he's, really remember what I thought about it, but I've checked it out. He's a little more folky, whereas Riley gets a little more, not proggy, but a little more like... Experimental he'll, he'll fuck with, with time signatures. Yeah, he's always got different people touring in his band and stuff, so that's cool. Okay. Um, I also re-listened to... There's a podcast with uh, Nick from Islands, that band Islands. Mm-hmm. Nick Thorburn, um, and he got Tom Sharpling to kind of like... Um, What's the word? like a uh, curated? I guess so. The, it, it literally, it's How do called, they know each other? I, I think Nick is a fan of the Best Show and would call it. Oh, English. interesting. So, okay. Yeah, so he's been on the Best Show a couple times. Yeah, it's funny to be like. Is he a comedy kind of guy? He is. He is kind of like tongue in cheek. Com- tongue tongue in cheek comedy. He did um a short with Michael Sarah and Tim Heidecker and a bunch of people called That Dog. Oh wow! Um, okay. it's on. I think it's for free on YouTube at this point. But it's a really cool little like fifteen minute short film. Natasha Legero might be in. Interesting. It's really it's funny. Weird it's like cast of sarca- sarcastic, funny. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so it was like bef- leading up to the re- release of the new record Isle of Mania. There was a podcast where it was like two episodes, two and a half hours each of Sharpling and Nick Thorburn just talking about all the islands records and the influences and blah blah blah. And uh, I re-listened to that, and it's just it's awesome. It's like very specific to me. I get to listen to oh, like yeah. two hilarious That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was great. Um, <clears throat> that sounds oddly specific to you. Yeah. Um, the Golden Apples record is coming out this week, I believe. I think it comes out on Friday. Ooh. Um, it's on Lamo. I think there are going to be some tapes and probably some shirts and hats. Is and it stuff EP like that. or full? It's a full record. It's Whoa. Really, it's really good. I don't want to brag that I got early access, but it's really good. That's pretty quick. Yeah. Because they just put out the other one last year. Yeah. Wow. And he's got another one finished and ready to go, too. God damn. I haven't heard that one yet, but um, it was recorded at the bunk with Matt Schimmelfenig. If you're ever looking to record in the Poconos, that's, okay. that's your guy. Um, but yeah, I think there are one or two singles out off of that so far. Yeah, it's like three, I think. Re- yeah. They're pretty good. 
high school, um, let me do my thing, and maybe one other. Um, and looking then, forward to that. Yeah. And lastly, Cave People has another record coming out in May on Disposable America, um, and they have a song called "I Do What the Wind Does" or something. Something. They it's have like, two songs. Two, oh, they have two. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, I'll let you correct me if that's cool. I don't want hope, and I do what the wind does. I do what the wind does is the one that I'm like. That's that one's cool. really good. That song's really cool. Yeah. Not to shit on the other one, but that song. That's if you're, the, if you're that's looking for one to check out right now, that's the one. Yeah. Um, should we, should Those we songs are great. Get into it. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Shout Let's out, get into it. Shout out Dave Tomain. <clears throat> um, all right. Counterfeit. Is this band emo? What do you think? Yay, nay. I'm going yeah. Counterfeit is not in our system. <laughs> we'll check with the emo <laughs> council and get an answer for you. Hold on. Tweet How did you spell it? it? Yeah, so that's a good because point. Because they're spelled F-I-T. I checked both. Yeah, it's like okay. counterfeit, not counterfight. Fight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fiat. 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 Yeah. Um, counterfeit. <laughs> so this is very 2002 um it's from accident prone records do you know anything off of accident prone records um i don't oh uh yeah i made a note actually um okay did you look into this i don't think i did so it was released on accident prone records and negative progression records oh cool oh right it was it, yeah they so there's sorry. i got a couple notes here if you no, please. Yeah, uh, I, I have some notes on like the negative progression, uh, like link, I guess. But I, if okay. you, you might have a little, a little more. I didn't put too many, but I just put bands I recognize. So Accent Prone Records has done um, records from Cattle Decapitation, oh, which sick. is a curveball, uh, and then Tilt Wheel, who was a cool pop punk band I recall from <laughs> the early two thousands. Couldn't be more different than Cattle Decapitation. Sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Negative Progression Records has done stuff from The Progress. Oh, uh, I figured that might ring a bell. With New you a Jersey, bit. New Jersey's finest. Yeah, and then uh, Larry. We've covered we've covered uh, an it over a record, haven't we? Uh, yeah, we have. I think we did. Oh yeah, he was in the progress, right? Um, and they did the progress LP. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, we did because we did it with uh, oh. <laughs> Joyride or something. Right, and uh, there was, we I think we posted the video of like Tyler hugging him on stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of which, I'm gonna foreshadow an episode we'll do probably in the next five episodes. Um adventures and the adventures of ford fairlane we we should yeah, get tyler on for we, that one we have to manifest that one yeah he would love that joey um, joey tyler and i have a, a real affinity for the dice man so I, I, I feel like we'd get some some oh. hell if we <laughs> oh speaking of which sorry i'll let you get back to the no important i was second. pretty much done um, i was just gonna say uh negative progression put out some stuff by a band called lariats who i don't know but i've heard of and i thought people might be interested in that true that's all your dice impression made me think of R.I.P. Gilbert Gottfried. He oh my gosh, does the best uh, absurdist Gilbert Gottfried where he just walks around stage going, Ow! And then there's a girl that did the thing I did. Ow! It's just him like mumbling. It's Love it. R.I.P. Gil. He's probably crushed by that. I know, dude. Um, so counterfeit. The negative, <laughs> counterfeit, yeah. Uh, they also put out EPs on Alphabet Records. You know what that is? Don't know that one based out of san diego i i put context clues told me this band's from southern california um the drummer used to play in finch for a little bit yeah i saw that yeah um but yeah so counterfeit existed from 99 to 2004 kind of short-lived it seemed like they were i don't know if it's one of those things where that they like paid their dues for five years and were like all right not feeling it or if there were kind of like inner turmoil things Mm -hmm. um but i think i think so so the drummer that played in finch his name is mark allen and the guitarist's name is adam allen and mm-hmm. i believe they have their own band now i believe they're brothers they um are. yeah there's they're in a band now called i don't know what the fuck the band i didn't called. put all their bands 
down. I did put a few. Um, the guitarist Dan Reed has been in several bands since oh, cool. these guys kind of called it quits. All yeah. are mentioned on their like Facebook page. Cool. Uh, and it seems like he just kind of like starts new projects every so often, and then they just kind of fizzle out. But nice. um, so yeah, so so in addition to Dan Reed, there's also Justin Rodriguez who does vocals and bass. So they've yeah, got a he was got a. Sorry, go ahead. No, you're okay. I was going to say they've got a vocal bass singer. Vocal bass like guy, yeah. Yeah. He was in a band called The Western Set. Um, I don't know okay. that one. And probably some other stuff. The drummer was in a band called Weatherbox. Weatherbox is cool. And then he played in Finch from 2004 to 2006 because their former drummer was, quote, holding them back, <laughs> but ended up rejoining the band after Mark in 2006. So, Sorry, this is Finch? This is Finch, yeah. The other drummer's name is Alex Pappas, I believe. Yeah, it yeah. is. Um I've got some. Wow, other, I've got the some. Brain works in funny notes, ways. But would you want to play a song? Yeah, um, sure. Yeah, let's get into. Well, actually, hang on. Let me. Let me. Yeah, let's play a song. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want to hear? Uh, I don't care. Um, <laughs> you don't. You didn't. You didn't love this one. Uh, I think I. Well, I usually write like my favorite songs, but maybe I don't. Uh, maybe you you don't put have like one. managing the details of an undertaking. I guess I feel like that's kind of the jam. It says it's playing. I'm hearing it. Super quiet. I think it just has a quiet intro. I think this is kind of the hit, right? I don't know. I re- this band, I have no context for this band, really. They have a video for this. Um, I meant to take notes on the videos, but I forgot. Managing. What's it called? Managing the, the details of an undertaking? I didn't see the video for this one. Maybe they don't have a video. Maybe they have just like a live thing. There's definitely a video for Better Late Than Never, but uh, okay, that's the last song on the album. That's like a very funny move to put the single last if, if they yeah, did the weird. video for the single. Well, so the only reason why I feel like this is a bit of a song that's like they can maybe they consider their hit is because they came out with like a short doc uh, with this like they came with like a CD. Okay. Under the and the doc oh, was called Managing it's called, the Details of an Undertaking. Yeah, it was like that's around the time that like drive through was doing every band was doing like a little DVD. Yeah. It probably has like some tour footage. It's like something. not on the internet anywhere. But they even posted on their Facebook a couple years ago that said something like, Does anyone because they they must not even have a copy because they're <laughs> like, Does anyone uh have an uploaded version of this or something like that? Oh, they were looking for someone to like <laughs> rip it to yeah. their computer and send them the file. That's kind of funny. Uh, do you have like a personal history with this band at all, or like how did you find out about them? I really don't. So the Finch thing must be why I know this band because okay. I remember hearing this band's name, and I think I was saying to you before we started recording, I think this band is kind of like fairly well regarded. Yeah, it seems I don't like know. people that like them like them a lot, but and they played some cool shows. Like I saw the one show is them opening for Recover in Southern California, oh, okay, and like I think it was like 2002, maybe. Um, yeah. I, to answer your question, I really don't have any specific history with this band, but yeah, it, it kind of reminded me. So we did name taken for the pod, and I, you hated that too. <laughs> it's in it's in that same vein. They also kind of remind me a little bit of Monine. Yeah, that makes sense. I guess in my mind, like the um, the bass and vocal singer with kind of like the little bit of scenester edge and like San Diego specific is like the name taken thing. But Monine makes sense. Monine is like. They're weird Canadians who like can tread. Yeah. This is more just kind of <laughs> yeah, like Yeah, that's a good point. This is more like laid back. I don't know. Like, this um also kind of reminds me a little bit of Did you ever listen to the band Fire When Ready? Um, they remind me of them a no. little bit. I think they had a bass player singer too. Oh, cool. But um Guess also what? I did have a note back to the California thing. Yeah. Uh this band was originally from Fairfield County, Connecticut, and they relocated to San Diego. All four of them. 
the whole thing. Maybe they were like, we That's get, we're going to make it in Very California. Um, um, they were apparently unhappy with the first recording and went back to, to redo it. Um, they ended up recording. So they've, there's like some pretty big names at regard, like with, with, uh, like involved with this album. So the, the producer did, um, he, he's recorded like hot snakes records, like all of them, mm. even through like the new one, I think. Wow. Okay. Um, at least through like, that's cool. At least through audit and progress and automatic midnight and shit. Um, but he also recorded like pinback Terra Malos. He recorded ceremonies, L shaped man. Wow. Um, that Mrs. Magician record. He recorded Swami John Rice and the Blind Shake. We can't get away from Swami John Rice. It's a fun. It's funny that you mentioned Mrs. Magician because I was listening to them the other day as well. I forgot to mention that. That's a band that I liked that five or rocks. six years ago and kind of forgot about. But once I saw their name again, yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm listening to that record. For sure. Um, but then the layout was done. So the reason I feel like this so it, the record sounds really good. Like yeah. Production wise, it sounds really good. And I feel like they put some money into it because the layout was done by a guy that did like Yellow Card Park over it, Alkaline Trio, Quicksand, Sum 41, Hums, You'd Prefer an Astronaut. Wow, they put some t- money into this. Uh, yeah. Like, th- I, I feel, feel like they like... were kind of going for it, you know? Yeah. The one thing I will say about the recording is I feel like maybe the lead vocals are a little too high because it sort of highlights that he's maybe not the best singer. Yeah. A little bit. If they were kind of more lost in the mix mm-hmm. that would maybe benefit them a little bit i feel like certain parts of the album have a kind of like weezer kind of feel at yeah, certain points totally. which is interesting it's because it's when weezer started to like drop off yeah they know? were like oh shit remember what you liked about weezer yeah we're gonna try and bring that back and everyone's <laughs> like we've heard enough <laughs> um you want to listen to another song yeah um let's put on sleepwalk okay um that's a track kind of like early the early the first four or five are really similar and I, I was I kinda had the same thing where I was like, I can't put my finger on what they sound like. This reminds me of like North Star almost. Oh, I get that. It also reminds me of a band I brought up on the pod before called Look Mexico from Florida. Look Mexico, yeah. Uh, they kinda sound like it kinda sounds like them a little bit too. I didn't realize they're from Florida. Yeah. Oh, do you know the band Park? P A R K? I don't think I do. They have a track called Gasoline Kisses for Everyone that's kinda popular. Okay. Um but th- that band overall has a very similar vibe to this like to this where it's like almost you want them to hit it a little harder or something yeah you know? i get that um but it's I not have... bad you know it's it's like it's music that if this band opened a show i'd be like oh that's pretty cool but it's unfortunately <laughs> not the most memorable wow yeah that i get that it's kind of milk toast at times milk toast that's, <laughs> a, that's a great that's a great word um i have some two comments from a punk news <laughs> Uh, I love the way you always go back to punk news. I I pull up the punk news comments in the last comments. Is this from Sheena's five out of five review? Oh, I don't know. (laughs) I actually was looking in the comments about uh, with some negative shit. This is from 18 years ago. Someone said, "Obviously, I can't post this stuff in the actual news story as I sort of have to remain unbiased and all." But here's what I heard. This is about the the drummer uh, drama with Finch and stuff. The band wants their new stuff to sound more out there like the Mars Volta and Papa's frankly and Papa's frankly isn't good enough of a drummer to play that style. Oh so they booted God. him rather unceremoniously. From what I understand, no one in the band will even return the guy's calls and I guess it's getting rather ugly. Meaning lawyers are being so, called in. So they're bringing the Alex Pappas Finch drama <laughs> into the record review the com- of this band yes. on Punk News. That's so funny. And there's another, I think this is the same guy, maybe. Uh, it's 
<laughs> this is funny as fuck. Uh, it's basically a fuck over. Uh, it's basically fuck over a founding member to further their pocketbooks. Fuck them and their little clique of at the drive-in Thursday ripoffs. Fuck Taking Back Sunday, Senses Fail, Finch, The Used, and the rest of that shitty genre. If I hear one more watered-down copycat, copycat band, I'll bump their fucking brains out. We need the internet to be more dumb guy. Like, like the internet needs to swing the pendulum so far away from like. <laughs> PC culture. No, yeah. we need to swing back the way of like petty Just online messaging. Relentless. Forms. Yeah, <laughs> I think <clears throat> I think I've probably said this in the podcast before, but I hate Reddit because it like ruined all the the niche um, yeah. message boards. You're not getting that shit on Reddit. You're getting people You're being not. like, "Oh, Doggo does a does a sm- a smile." <laughs> LOL. <laughs> XR. Even if you look at like the emo Reddit, and, yeah, yo, hit me up if there's a better emo Reddit out there. But uh, people post bands on there all day, and some of it is just like, I mean, a lot of it is just like so far from anything I yeah. would even consider emo. A little, <laughs> and even far away from like the sh- the bad stuff I would consider emo. But like, <laughs> it just, I maybe I'm just old. But it I just mean, doesn't make any fucking sense to me. We're definitely old, but we're also like within the within the world of emo, we're young to mid you know young to mid yeah <laughs> young to mid <laughs> yeah um let's put on another song um put on line in traffic maybe there's some yeah. like unexpected screaming in this, this song which screaming. i did did you put a timestamp for that yeah i did this is the screaming song i was like whoa way to wait till track six for some screaming guys yeah my my notes are all like fuck all these songs are the same tempo i'm like running out of steam and then I'm, i have a note that says skip to 220 <laughs> I'd be okay if this band sounded more like this. If they screamed all the like not all the time, but yeah. if they shared singing and screaming vocals on like every track, I wonder be cool. who that is. If that's the same guy, I'm gonna guess there's some backing vocals by like whatever Al- whatever or Alan or Mark the other Alan's brother. Alan? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, they kind of had like American football style in some songs. Some where noodling. It's like, yeah, the noodling, gets, but both guitars are like off time noodling with each other. Yeah. Um, they also had some like dancey songs. Like I, I'm going to put on happy endings real quick too. That had like some really dancey flashy parts, which I thought were kind of cool. Like like they really do throw in some things that, that work. Yeah. But they don't stick with them long enough to like make it all work. To that point also, um, I had a note about the second to the last song called Mile Marker. Yeah. It's like a four and a half minute long instrumental. Yep. That it, but it just kind of repeats the same part over and over and over and over. Yeah. And I was like, I'm kind of into the instrumental part, but like that's how you make the song long is just by repeating this one little part over. Right. Like give me something else. Like which is kind of good at jamming a little bit. That's definitely like a jam. Yeah. Um, but I, so like I, I was like making note of like it is the same rec- like there's one thing that kind of keeps steady throughout it but everything keeps changing around it so I was like damn there are like seven or eight parts in this song I'm waiting yeah. for the vocals to come in um, and then I also read that this the, the drummer plays guitar on this one so that, I feel like that's one that was like oh. um, we need Curveball. another we need another track for the album so they just did this kind of like yeah. this weird thing um, it seems like they were maybe kind of hurting for length because yeah um, the album's only ten songs long, right? And it's thirty-five minutes, which is good length. Yeah, but, but you know, but like we like five a of those track. minutes are we like? <laughs> no, I like a ten, ten in and out, ten to twelve. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it it doesn't feel the the big thing to me is that it doesn't feel like an instrumental track. Really, it feels yeah. like they just forgot to record the vocals. Yeah, I get that. Um, 
I do have okay, so I'm kind of looking back at my YouTube a little bit, and I do remember some videos I watched of this band. So they did. They have like some live videos for like Line in Traffic. Mm-hmm. They have a vid- live video for something else. I watched like a reunion show video. Cool. Um, and it just kind of sounded like trash, but like, I mean, and the singer. Something about the singer just is he feels a little out of touch to me. Interesting. Um, but well, that's funny to say like all these all these years later because I I bet at the time he was like it, like it wasn't even that I think it was like twenty uh, thirteen maybe oh they like got to be, got back they, together or maybe two thousand eight or something but anyway well, yeah, I don't know after they broke up obviously. yeah after they yeah. broke up but they did a quarantine video uh, uh December seventh twenty twenty where wow. they were all in their respective houses. Doing one of those kind of things, mm. right? The only band that I think pulled that off was uh, Low Straight Jackets. Yeah, they did a cover of "In My Room" by the Beach Boys. Oh, that's cool. And it's really good. I actually watched went down a Low Straight Jackets rabbit hole the other day, and they played. There was like a whole cover show. I found they were no just playing way. to a ton of like old people. Are we going to see them at the Asbury Surf Festival? You know, I looked at the lineup, Joey. and they're, they're the only good band playing that day. No. Oh, they, because, they, they, they released the day by day? Thing? They released the day by day. Damn. And, like, Manor Astro Man is playing a different day. And if I was going one, it's it would be that. the Manor Astro Man day. Low Straight Jackets is also playing with Nick Lowe in Ardmore, which is, like, a much lower barrier. Cool. If you want to go to that, I think it's, like, a weeknight. That might be kind of fun. Okay, maybe we'll do that instead. Um, so you, this are, is, Will you verbally agree on the <laughs> On the podcast. Yeah. So this is the uh, counterfeit quarantine video. I'm playing it for Mike here off to the side huh. No audio, but we'll, we'll tweet it or something. The singer but. doesn't really look like I thought he would anymore, but they got some cool iMovie effects here. They just kind of look dude, like SoCal Bros. There's a dude. They look like they'd be in like a Kyle Mooney sketch. Totally. There's a guy. Where is he at? Right know. here. This guy. Yeah. Still rocking the 2002 mutton chops. Yeah, they look. <laughs> They look really good because they're probably forty-year-old dudes. I mean, they, yeah, they look pretty they look solid. Pretty well, I guess they look like they're also still rocking that style. Maybe they try to like really lay it on thick to yeah. be like we are embracing the two thousand two emo style. I think this is from a different song, like off oh. a different record from oh, okay. finish to starting line. I yeah, don't know what that's it, not on this one. That's yeah, for sure. that's not on this one. <laughs> anyway, that was pretty funny. Yeah, me. I mean. Like you said, the production quality is funny. It looks like it's made in Windows Movie Maker, but <laughs> cool. I mean, I, yeah. I bet people were stoked that they got back together and did it, too. I guess. Know? We're, never mind. I was about <laughs> to say where they were from, but even though we've covered that, maybe it's just because they feel like a Long Island band to me for some reason. Long Island and San Diego are so much the same. Yeah. Vibe. That's really funny that you point that out. Um, I'm going to put on this dance. That's the one that I noted that has kind of like interplaying guitar work that's like the American football-y kind of shit. Yeah. And they do like a voicemail in this song, which is kind of funny. Very like of the time. Um, yeah, some good harmonies, some good vocals. I would say overall, the songs aren't too long, but they feel like an eternity sometimes. <laughs> For sure. Actually, you know what? This is this like souvenir, the opening track, opens with a drum fill. The dissonant choppy chords, like this, lays the groundwork for the whole record just being kind of like, is monotonous the word? Like, where it's just kind of like, I mean, yeah, I right. think so. Like, it's just like, it doesn't really hit you hard enough yeah. <laughs> when it should. Do you have any notes on the track Arriving Where You Will? No, do you? Yeah, they really try. I So, they like kind of tried something on that one, I feel like. Let me find it. 
<clears throat> I feel like we we're kind of we, covering all of it here. Did we do recover for the podcast? Not yet. Okay. We've talked about it, I think. Were you a recover fan at all? No. Okay. Well, he went on and did a band called Young Love that was like a little bit, I think he got signed to like Island Records or something. The, okay. The singer. And it was like a little more like, you know, there was kind of like a dance revival, like electronic beats and like trying to make things sound like clear. Like it was like the auto tune era. Like give me a band or two or something. Oh, he had a band called Young Love, but I, I, mm. I don't really know many other bands that sound like that. Okay. But there was like a moment where that kind of happened. But I feel like that's kind of what they were trying for on this one. Ooh. Yeah, you don't have any notes on this song? It's so different than everything else. I. Does this part last or does this the whole song? Kind of. Like, Weird. I'll skip ahead. It just but... has a drum machine or something. Did you listen to the album? I did. I mean, it was. It's been a month yeah. probably since I did. And it's got a cool like noise. I listened to outro. a couple songs today. Oh, I remember this part. Yeah. And I was like kind of annoyed by it for this band. I kind of liked that. Yeah, you're, that's a good point. Like they have no business doing that, that. But as well, feels just like a oh shit, the album's not done. Yeah. It's kind it's, of song. It's like, yeah. So eight of the ten songs are super similar. One yeah. is this instrumental uh, kind of static thing, and then they have this dancey track where, like, if they had kind of laid their groundwork of, like, this is going to be like a mixtape, there's going to be a lot of different stuff yeah. on here, it's going to, you know, they, that would make sense. That would make a little bit more sense. But unfortunately, it just kind of comes out of nowhere. No. Yeah, um, I agree. And then the only thing left is Better Late Than Never, the video song. Oh, you watch the video for that? Should we? I did. Yeah. Uh, I don't really remember much about the video. I can just I can give you the quick run. I I, go I, for, I made go notes like in real time. Hot girl in an alleyway. <laughs> them yep. playing in a glass room at an I, art gallery. I remember that. Yeah. Left hand leading drummer. Brick walls. Black button up shirts. Elvis style microphones. Lefty bassist with a name taken vibe. Very Salvation Army t-shirts. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, something I did remember or that i took a note about from i found this on let's see the pearl drummers forum oh cool from uh june 9th 2005 anyone heard the new finch album say hello to sunshine the drumming is absolutely incredible on the album i'm really really impressed with mark's playing compared to the old drummer alex papa (laughs) everybody fucking hates papas that's and then he was like thoughts i hate it when people end something thoughts yeah Yeah. but several people chime in and they talk about um only because you mentioned the drum the way he drums yeah they talk about how he drums open-handed yeah is that a thing? Is that it's, like a big deal? Definitely a thing. Um, we're actually. What does that mean? Like he holds the stick s- looser. So of, like usually when you play hi hat, you lead with your right hand. Yeah. So, so you cross your arms. Yeah. But this guy plays with his left hand. So like, do you oh. know that drummer Sammy Siegler? That's in like he's like a New York hardcore drummer in like the Gorilla Biscuits and stuff like that. Sure. He does open yeah. hand, and it's like. It, o- open it, hand just means you don't cross your arms. It means he's playing the the beat of the hi hat with his left hand and playing the snare with his right, whereas usually you're doing the opposite. Uh-huh. And it's, it's so it's like I think Ringo Starr might have done that too. So you're leading every drum fill with your left hand. So they, oh, they all sound really interesting because usually it's like, but he, it's like you get like a little half beat ahead with every fill and stuff. So it's because it, you're closer to the thing. Yeah. Okay. Cause, weird. Because your left hand's your primary hand. Yeah. So it actually makes for a really interesting drumming style. Um, hmm. So yeah, I mean, pretty cool. <laughs> Damn, suck it, Alex Pappas. <laughs> uh, you suck compared yeah. to the cool open-handed drummer Mark Allen. I feel like people kind of hate on open-hand drummers, but it does sound really cool. Yeah. Um, did Seems you notice like something like Rush fans would be into for some reason? <laughs> yeah, probably. Like prog dudes yeah. would be like, yeah, open-handed drumming is the best. Yeah, it is funny to get like super nerdy about something so specific. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you check out Discogs at all? Because there's a different. 
track listing on Discogs than there is on Spotify. I'm not going to get into like, we're not going to break down if we think one's better. I only used it for like to trace the band members, but I didn't look at the track listing. Yeah. Is it um, maybe the vinyl pressing has a different order or something? It it could be. I think the one on Spotify was the same as the one on their Bandcamp. Okay. But the one on Discogs was different. So I'm guessing the, yeah, maybe the record has a different track listing, which is interesting. Maybe they were listed incorrectly as well. That could be. Mm. That'd be really weird if they just like someone. What, like, what was the, what's the big change? Um, so lying in traffic closes it out. Managing the details of oh. an undertaking starts it. Um, <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Better late than never is like fourth. I feel like usually the hits like third or fourth, like the singles kind of third or fourth. So that makes a little more sense. I remember being like better late than never at the end is weird if they're making the video for it. Um, do you think What's it's maybe that someone listed A and B opposite? Is that what it seems like? I don't think so. Because like, yeah, because because they yeah, end it with yeah, better late right. than never. So A would yeah, it's yeah, that's weird. I it's don't kind know. of all over the place. Like where's souvenir? Souvenir second to last. Oh, weird. yeah, it's and it's like looking at them side by side. It's tracked very differently. So I mean, I I would be curious if anybody knows anything about that. I'd be very interested. It seems pretty niche, but if someone has the <laughs> has the the you know the beef on that or yeah. like the the lore, I'd love to know what's going on there. Um, Maybe I'll tag the band and they'll hit yeah. us up about it or something. I hope they can. Hey, what's up with the track list? I hope they can take a little bit of harsh criticism because I I don't hate <laughs> it, but uh, it's not my favorite. <laughs> it's definitely not my favorite. Um, um, have you? Do you have any uh, Weird Al titles? I do. I got one. Um, it is managing the details of the Undertaker, and it's oh. from the perspective of Paul Bearer, nice. the Undertaker's <laughs> manager. Which era <laughs> of Undertaker are we talking? Like American Badass era or whatever? Or no, like? let's go. Uh, classic. Gray We're on classic. Gray gloves. The, what gray everyone think classic. of as the Undertaker, not his like headband motorcycle era. No, no, no. Yeah. Either gray or purple gloves. That's it. Those are some dark days for sure. <laughs> Um, sleepwalk. I just said cheap sock, like, like foot. Yeah, like, like a sock, but it's cheap. <laughs> it's got some holes in it. Okay. Yeah. Yep. That's all. <laughs> That's the only one you got. That's the only one I got. Okay. <laughs> let's um, let's take a break. You know, you only had a month to come up with these. Yeah, um, well, I haven't looked at these in a while. I, yeah. Oh, uh, what would you rate this album? We haven't been doing this. That's a good save. Um, more good than bad for sure. Really? Yeah. You really didn't like it. I I wrote one and a half out of five, so a three out of ten. Yeah, that's pretty bad, Joey. That's really bad. <laughs> I, I definitely think it's I think it's more good than bad. Production quality, like they're good musicians. It's got some cool riffs, mm-hmm. but like overall, a little boring. So I'd say three out of five. Okay. Yeah, I would be interested if they did a second full length. I'd be more interested in that because I feel like so maybe you want, more, you want more of a band you don't like. Well, I just <laughs> feel like they needed to get a little bit better. At plane yeah i mean i guess at this point this came out three years into their band so like yeah yeah if they, they wrote, were ca- a, wrote I, another i'm saying i i know they're capable of yeah <laughs> if they were if, yeah i'm not mad guys i'm just disappointed just I, I expected it, more from you yeah yeah from no. your like 20 year old selves or yeah, whatever they just need to write a couple more songs they need to like maybe they just need to make it a little more cohesive overall yeah i don't know um but yeah after the break we'll be talking about uh some, some crazy shit. <laughs> I 
And we're back. We are back. But before we go any further, we would like to extend a special, special thank you to Lehigh Valley, Valley Apparel, Apparel Creations, xlvacx.com, for all your screen printing needs. Um, I really was hoping that would keep going. But, but <laughs> uh, uh, damn it, damn now, now I lost, I lost my train lost of thought. thought. Um, okay, stop. Okay, stop, please. <laughs> You wished. <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks, Chris Reject, for sponsoring the podcast and all the other podcasts on the Cinepunks Network. Thank you, Liam and Josh and Cinepunks.com for hosting us, as always. If you are in the PA, greater Philadelphia region area on May 6th at Weyerbacher Brewing in Easton, um, LVAC is doing Bash at the Brewery. It is going to be Avery Good's last match. R.I.P. Uh, <laughs> R.I.P. Cross Keys are playing, and so is Slingshot Dakota. Uh, check that out. That strangely works, that lineup of those two bands. I agree. It's pretty cool. Yeah. The PA That'll be fun. contingent. And they're both kind of posy. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I agree. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean that in a good way. I feel like posy for some reason has like a bad connotation, but that's sick. No, yeah. <clears throat> Bring back posy, honestly. Uh no, don't please. Um I'd also like to shout out the shape of haze to come from Nishamani Creek at the double dry hopped hazy Imperia India Pale Ale with mango proudly brewed in Bucks County. Yo, shout out Nishamani Creek. I think they're doing a cool gig um sometime in the next month or two. I forget the exact date, but it's like screaming females and iron cheek. Damn. And maybe Big Nothing actually Big Nothing is playing too. That's so sick. I believe so, that's a cool gig. Okay, so let's do the crossover of like LVAC events and the Shamany Creek events because like Big Nothing and Cross Keys have definitely played. Um, well, Cross Keys has played in the Shamany and will be playing the the, the Bash of the Brewery, uh-huh. and Big Nothing has definitely played a Let's Hang Out and will be playing at the Shamany Creek. There's got to be some sort of crossover. Sure, there. Big Nothing has played a Let's Hang Out. I've seen them. I've seen them. I've seen them. Oh I, wait, I, you're right. They yeah. have. Yes, I, I was there too. They played with um. That heavy fucking band. <laughs> it was a very funny, ma- very funny. Uh, was it that hardcore hearing. band? It was not a hardcore. I mean, it was like um, it would maybe hardcore, but like metallic hardcore. Did they sure. play the same day Soul Glow played? No, I don't think so. I don't recall. Whatever. Anyway, they did play. You're right. Yes, but um, but early May, Bash at the Brewery. Did they play the Slow Warm Death? No, because I would have killed to see Slow Warm Death. Oh, you weren't at that. I okay. love that band. Damn, I don't remember them. Yeah, I don't know. Anyways, check out Cinepunks. Check out LVAC. And check out Nishamni Brewing. Yeah, fuck yeah. Um, I'm drinking the same thing. It's pretty good, actually. Yeah. Nice and light. Summery. Light and... We got the windows open. We're chilling. We got the, it's the, like a beautiful night. It's pretty nice. Yeah. I would say it's like a low 60s right now. Maybe high 50s. <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> Bussin. Um, and then let's play a little game. Okay. We call it wine. Or, or cheese. I got it. I got it. All right, so this game, we're going to say quotes from the album or the movie, which are, again, The Counterfeit Record or Knockoff, featuring Jean-Claude Van Damme and Rob Schneider. Oh, yeah. And we're going to try and make each other guess it's from the movie or the album. Yeah. How many you got? Um, how many do I have? I have three. I also have three. Would you like to go first? Yeah, the first one's really vague. I'll be surprised. <laughs> You're never going to get away with this. <laughs> Gotta be, like, the movie, I yeah, guess? Yeah, it's, it's the movie. Okay. <laughs> um... Hope they stay between the lines. That's the 
the album? Yeah, it's from Line in Traffic. Oh, that that makes a lot of sense when you say that. Yep. Um, Hung Myself with My Own Shoelaces. Oh, that's a tough one. I got a private album. Yeah, it's from Souvenir off the album. That's a good one, though. Um, <coughs> Thanks. I Can't Predict the Death of Me. I'm going to say movie just because I'm, I'm doing like reverse psychology. You're trying to, you're up to, I'm up, Joey's up to his old tricks. No, it's from the album. It's oh. from managing the details of an undertaking. Nice. Okay. Ready? Yeah. You're not going to get this one. Okay. No, no, no. Nothing's, you, you know, it's just both those belts look exactly the same to me. You know, I'm still learning about this stuff and, uh, that's got to be the, <laughs> the album. It's from the Devil Wears Prada. <laughs> oh, really? I threw you a curveball. Yeah. Uh, okay, my last one is Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. <laughs> I don't. I have no. I'm guessing the movie. Yeah, it's from. Yeah, the movie. it has to be. It's some stupid shit that Schneider JCVD says. Oh God. Um, he was on his bullshit in this movie. Before we hop into <clears> this, what have you been watching lately? Oh, what have I been or watching? Or what did you watch a month ago when you originally <sighs> took your notes? I had COVID, so I watched a lot of stuff. <laughs> um, I watched some, like, I watched Dog Day Afternoon and Cape Fear, which were both pretty good movies. Oh, you're on a Pacino kick. Pacino, and then I think De Niro's in Cape Fear. Okay. Um, yeah. But, but I, I also watched... right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's all good. Um, I also watched the new David Cross special, I'm From the Future. Okay. And it's like five bucks on his website, and it was so worth it. It was so good, dude. Really? Yeah. I, I never really like loved his stand up. No, I like his like sketch. I like Mr. Show and yeah, stuff. Like, yeah. And like Arrested Development. I like his true body of acting work. You like his body? I like his love his body. You just love him for his body, bro. Um, but <clears throat> I never really loved his stand up. I feel like true. That's um, cool. Though. I like I'm it. I think I'm glad he's still doing it. Yeah, glad he's st- I'm just glad he's still doing his little stand up. <laughs> glad thing. he's still doing his little. Oh, you do, still doing your little stand up? You're huh? still doing your little comedy, huh? <laughs> yeah. Um, do, do you watch any of the on cinema stuff, like the Tim Heidecker, Greg Turkington stuff? You know, I've been, I've, t- I've always known about it, and I've never really, I've watched a couple clips here and there, but I've been watching more clips lately. So I, yeah. wa- I've been watching Office Hours a little bit too. Oh, the Office Hours from last week with Bob Odenkirk. Was, I haven't seen that so one good. yet, but it's on my watch yeah. list. That that one's atypical because it's literally just like an interview with Bob. That's the other cool. ones have like Collins and characters and a lot of other stuff. Yeah, hey, I um, like the one where um, Zulu played. That was kind of fun. <laughs> that was wild. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I think that just came about because Tim and Eric saw Zulu at a show and were like, and they were like, this, we band, love this band rules. Yeah. Please come on our show. Yeah. Um, but I, I've been making it like a, an annual thing to watch the on cinema Oscar special. Mm-hmm. So I, I watched that one. It was really good. Nice. Um, I watched that video of Thomas Lennon and Chris Gethard talking about the Smith for 45 minutes. Have you ever seen that? <laughs> no, I have it's, not. It's pretty awesome. Um, that's kind of cool. Tom yeah. Lennon from like uh, from the state, Viva and like, Variety, and Reno Nine One One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, three more. Um, I just want to quick say shout out Matt Bailey. Zoolander is goaded for sure. Okay, Zoolander's goaded. I've not goated. watched that in a long time. You should. It's it's just as funny as it's always been. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> uh, Ted Lasso season two is pretty good. I feel corny for watching that show, but it's pretty good. I uh, know. I watched like three or four episodes of it when I saw the free trial to Apple. Yeah, TV Plus, and it was good. Yeah, I would like to keep watching it. And then, lastly, have you watched the Tony Hawk Until the Wheels Fall Off doc? Yeah, I had that too. Any 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 thoughts? Any comments? I think it's pretty good. I mean, I think there's some stuff that like I think the biggest criticism is like, oh, I already knew all this, but like some, yeah. oh, some it, people don't. Fuck off. Yeah, and right. It, it, you're right. It's really not bringing a lot of new stuff. But it's like, not, but it's cool. I fucking love Tony Hawk. I don't care. He's yeah. like the coolest. It's like it is cool to know that like people straight up fucking hated him. Oh. 
He got like, for so the, much for a long time. And his dad did so much to legitimize skateboarding, but everyone saw that as him giving his son the competitive yeah, edge. I thought so his dad was being a bit of a cop. <laughs> yeah, and Tony just had to be like, Dad, you can't come to these things anymore. I'm yeah, so sorry. Yeah, that was nice. Um, um, I hated that old punk skater, the singer of the Dwayne, US Bombs or Dwayne whatever. Peters or whatever. Yeah, he's yeah. a fucking piece of shit. The, the whole, like, and he's like a sex offender or some shit. Yeah, fuck um, that guy. But I love Rodney Mullen in that. Rodney is on some next level philosophical shit. <laughs> I just remember Rodney Mullen did a TED talk like years I ago. I remember that. Yeah. I remember being like, he is different than he I remember. He might be him a being. genius. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's so, I mean, he invented every, him, between him and Tony Hawk, they invented 95% of skateboarding. Yeah. Tricks. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, yeah, but it was fun. Yeah. I, I, I really did. Like, I waited. I thought, I, I, ugh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like thought it was coming out early that morning so i was like i'm just gonna wake up early and watch it and then it came out at 9 p.m so like at 901 i watched it so you were sitting by the clock all day i had covid dude i had nothing to do yeah nothing going on <laughs> yeah um how about you any any good uh, movies on top of the tony hawk doc i watched this has been a while back now but since the last time we recorded i watched my Night- nightmare alley which is that new uh, Guillermo del Toro flick oh. with Bradley Cooper about the circus or whatever. Okay. Um, it was pretty good. It's a remake of an old movie I come to find out. And How old? Because the mummy's a remake. Old. We're not talking about the mummy. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, we're not talking about the mummy. Skirt. Nightmare Alley. Um, but uh, And it's like kind of very predictable, but it was cool and a cool cast. Um on top of that, I watched Red Rocket. That's how long oh. it's been since we recorded. What'd you think? Uh, it was really good. So good, right? Uh, yeah. Um, he's such a piece of shit. He's in that such movie. a piece of shit. He plays. <laughs> a, he plays a great piece of shit. I might have called it out last time we recorded, but Adam Friedland's uh, letterbox review is just like, I love when a character learns learns nothing, absolutely and, nothing, and or doesn't something. grow yeah. or something. It's totally. Like, it's I so mean, good. that's kind of cool. It's exactly what it is. Um, and good for him. My last one, and you'll love this because you turned me on to this. I started watching Righteous Gemstones, and I'm almost oh, and I'm almost done, dude. So good. The Cycle Ninjas. I will say, <laughs> I th- a lot of people love like season two more than season one. I'm no. a season. I'm a season one guy. Dude. Season one's insane. Season one it, to me is more cohesive. Season one's incredible. Season yeah. two is like still funny. They really turn the characters like up. They make them a little more like charactery. Yeah, yeah. But season one, Judy and uh, PJ. Dude. Or BJ or whatever, it, it's like that. It's shows, unreal. That show's fucking gold. It's so good. Just the the phrase "doing car pranks with my friends" is like burned. <laughs> I was into doing my car brain. pranks with my friends. Oh my god! Yeah, the first season's incredible. Second season's still good. I'll be curious to see what season three holds. But same. Um, That's all I got. Damn. Yeah. Righteous Jefferson's. Okay. So well, Goggins, phenomenal. <laughs> Uh, cool. All right. So try to uh, uh, okay. Place yourself in time. It's September fourth, nineteen ninety eight. Where were you? <laughs> I was nine years old. September. I was probably just starting school. I don't yeah. know what grade you're in. Second or third grade, maybe. Who moi? When you're nine years old. Oh, you're probably yeah. You're in probably like third grade then. You're probably in like fifth. Yeah, probably. I was thirteen. Oh no, I wasn't quite thirteen. Yeah, I was gonna yet. say I was I like twelve. You're about to. Turn I was 13. like almost thirteen. Um, I was about to turn. The other one. I was about to turn... The other one. 10, 9? <laughs> one of know. the other numbers. Yeah. I was about to turn 10, maybe. I don't know what I was doing at 13. Anyway, Fucking video... PlayStation 1. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, okay, so so TriStar Pictures has just released Knock Off. Okay. And, you know, now we're going to talk about it. <laughs> Directed by Hark Sui. Good name. Yeah. They say the title phrase knockoff within the first 30 seconds of the movie. Which they is, do, they dude. Get right okay, so I got two it. quick notes. This, I'll give us. 
give you guys a brief synopsis if you haven't seen this movie before. Very, and when I say brief, it's one sentence. A fashion designer must join forces with a CIA agent to combat terrorism. When you texted <laughs> me like we should do this movie, I was like, "Fuck yeah!" Like that's that Dude, sentence right there. I was going through like a like BC movie uh, Amazon rabbit hole because there's a lot of good shitty action movies on Amazon if you get deep enough. Uh, and it and, led me and it led me to this and Tubi. Oh, true. <laughs> Wait, did you watch this on Tubi? No. But, oh, okay. But I might have watched it on... Um, I think I had to rent it because by the time I went to watch it, it was off Prime. When I texted you about it, it was on Prime. Oh, it was definitely not on Prime. It was on... Um, it might have been on Pluto TV. Oh, damn. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it was uh, Amazon with like IMDb free movie with I ads. see. Maybe it was that. Maybe yeah. it was something like that. I love... Actually, IMD, IMDb TV... IMDb TV <laughs> used <laughs> to have IMDb a lot of good TV. shows. <laughs> um, they, they like Mad Men and AMC shows and stuff Oh, interesting. On yeah. Uh, yeah, so in the very beginning, there's like a... a I wrote diving scene. I'm not... Uh, full disclosure, I'm not going to remember what most of these notes mean because it was yeah. kind of vague. Oh, no. It, it starts with the underwater scene. Um, yeah, they're like... With like explosive... They say the titular line right away, we have our knockoffs, sir. <laughs> There's like explosion in the water, but it's it's also um, I don't know where I was going with that. That's okay. It's not explosions in the sky. It's explosions in the water. Uh, the whole movie's voiceover, all of it. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, like dude. Constant yeah, voiceover. the whole thing is like ADR'd. And it's all like overlapping. Yeah, and it I made me feel fucking crazy. I wrote everyone's lines sound ADR'd, even like people that aren't John Claude Van Damme. Uh. There is, I wrote, one of my first notes just says green fire with three question marks. Oh, yeah, they do. There's a green <laughs> flame. Yeah, the explosion. There's the green flame a couple times. Yeah, very like a big trouble in Little China green flame kind Ooh, of vibe. Okay. Very uh, Game of Thrones wildfire. Okay, interesting. Uh, there's a character named Eddie Wang. Love him. Eddie's cool. He's kind of like their, he kinda, the, a big portion of the story revolves around him. Is it, that, it does, right? it does. Yeah. Um, there's a scene where John claude Van Damme is like listening to music in his BMW in the beginning and Rob Schneider tries to like call him, but the music that JCVD is listening to is wild. Uh, it's like some sort of like Cantonese, like city pop. <laughs> it's like some, and it's like dancey, but also very like light and easy listening. <laughs> it's cool. That sounds awesome. <laughs> I don't remember that. Um, there's a rickshaw race scene that's crazy. What is okay? So so that so I sorry I don't mean to cut you off. No, but, please. But my notes in sequence are: What is this rickshaw race? I have no fucking idea what's happening in this movie, dude. Like, I was I wanted to ask you like what are I wrote what are the stakes of the rickshaw race straight up why no did idea. it happen there's like a little kid in a wheelchair racing in it too like the little kid from Rumble in the Bronx I, I was like what is going I have on? no idea I the rickshaw race may be my favorite scene in the movie yeah there's a lot of like insane editing effects like picture in picture <laughs> really dramatic zooms yeah. oh talk about the zooms and like the camera angles there's a scene of them in the chick's office where they're like wrestling with a pair of jeans. And it's shot from like <laughs> it's shot as if someone is like just standing on top of the desk, holding the camera down at them. No idea where he should be pointing it. It Insane. looks crazy. Um, uh, the director of this did what did they do before this? Uh, not sure. Sh- shit. <laughs> Damn it! I thought I wrote it down. All right. Well, I'm gonna look into this. There's a scene that opens up. Uh, it opens on a, a, a scene of like frogs in a cage in a Chinese market. Which has nothing to do with anything. It's so crazy. Oh, the director did fucking Street Fighter. I'm pretty sure. Okay. It's like and and then this and they were and then after that they were like I'm done with English speaking movies. 
they did those two. Yeah, no shit, dude. Both of them were yeah. flops. Both, yeah, they both bombed. A uh, big part of this movie for me is the Puma shoe with two M's. Oh, dude, there, there was a very like Pumas versus Adidas vibe, you know? <laughs> <laughs> totally. And well, you know, as you know, we are Adidas guys. That's right, because Pumas. Are, yeah, dude, Pumas. He's the Nazi guy. Wait, what? You know what I'm talking about? Okay, so so they, <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole thing. So there was uh, the Adi, like there was a thing called like the Dossler Shoe Company. Okay. And there was Rudy Dossler and Adolf Dossler. We're brothers. Adi Doss is Adolf Dossler. He broke off and started Adidas. His brother started Puma, and they supported different people during World War II. Rudy was the guy that made Puma. Nice. That's a good pour. Thank you. Rudy was the guy that supported the Nazi party, and Adolf was like, fuck you, dude. I'm not a Nazi starting the cool shoe company it's kind of weird that the adolf dude didn't <laughs> support think? the nazi party yeah. you know what i'm saying it's like the motherfucker took my name I'm, <laughs> of course i'm not gonna support the nazi party um there was a scene similarly that opened up on a shot of him um squashing an orange like a like tightly zoomed in on his shoe there's a lot of like uh, weird sh- foot stuff um so <laughs> um, we're talking a lot about so like very specific scenes but like i guess the if we give, I don't want to go into one of my long plot synopsis things. No, that's okay. Go but, ahead. But um, essentially, the plot is like Rob Schneider and John Cole Van Dam have a clothing company. I believe and, it's called V Six Jeans. And Rob Schneider is like secretly a CIA agent, <laughs> and they're purposely getting in like knockoff clothing or something. Like, help me fill in some blanks here, maybe. I really can't because I did not understand <laughs> it. Because because later on in the movie, there's like a, there are at least two other secret CIA agents. Yeah, it's like one of those things where it's like I'm also undercover. I think they're trying to like intercept the knockoff clothing because the knockoff clothing has like explosives built into it, explosives like explosives in the studs shit. of the jeans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so they're trying to allow them in so they can trace it back to find the person, like the w- place they're made. I guess. Yeah. I think. <laughs> I'm this shit's sure. fucking crazy. Uh, there's a ton of slow mo. Um, oh, here's a random note that I had. Jungle and Van Dam. I think it's like towards the tail end of the rickshaw race. He gets like thrown into like a convenience store or like a car crashes through <clears> a convenience <throat> store with like him hanging on the side of it or okay. something like that. And then he gets beat up by like a police woman. But in the convenience store, there is an entire wall, like a 12 or 16 foot wall, all soup. The whole thing is <laughs> ceiling to floor soup. So like the cans of soup are everywhere. <laughs> the um, it's like they did. It was like a, obviously a fake store yeah. built for the movie, and they just and, and the they pro- were like, "Shit, all we have is soup." To the fill pr- the, the props person was like, "Sorry, we can only import soup." <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um. Yeah, fuck. Yeah, nano bombs inside the studs of the jeans. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. So anyway, so their friend Eddie, right? He, yeah. Hang on. Actually, re- let me inter- interrupt real quick. The names in this movie are so good. We got Skinny Wang, Eddie Wang, Tommy Hendricks, Marcus Ray, Karen Lee, and Dinger. Who's Dinger? I don't remember who Dinger is, but they kept <laughs> they like for a couple of scenes they were referring to Dinger, and I was like, crazy name choice. Yeah. Um, um, there is, uh, well, I have a question for you. Has there ever been a movie where Rob Schneider was the best actor in it? Because this uh, is it. This might be no. the one. He's, I mean, he's crazy in this movie. I guess he's like, he's the most grounded of all of them. Maybe I would say that one of like the CIA guys on the rooftop scaffolding scene are one of the best actors. Maybe like Paul Sorvino or who's I f- that? I forget who, that who is. it was, yeah. but there's a scene where it's like, 
Yeah, were they, were they where you first find out he's CIA? Yeah, yeah. He's about to throw this motherfucker off the roof. Yeah, <laughs> but it's like, oh no, I'm a CIA. I'm also CIA. Well, you better back up because I'm CIA. Yeah, I feel like this movie wanted to be like, like Rush Hour Two. Like it takes place in China or something like that with like all the scaffolding. This fighting might predate and... Rush Hour Two. <laughs> That's a good point. But um, <laughs> there's a lot of like one thing I think John Claude tries to do in this movie a lot, and it's not like he tries to do it. It's like written in the movie, but. There's so many punchlines that he delivers that just like don't hit because I largely because of his like his deadpan delivery and his accent. Um, so there's like one that comes to mind specifically where they're like where they go into the giant Buddha statue and they're like we're entering the Buddha. And he <laughs> That's goes, right. And he goes, "What's the cover charge?" And it's like oh. not at all funny. Yeah, <laughs> it's just He's like also- a, kind of a dad joke. Okay, so as far as okay, hang on, yeah, CIA office, the CIA base being inside the Buddha statue is insane. Wild. <laughs> um. But as far as like tough guy lines go, JCVD can't really do them. He's but, like not like, convincing. But like you know, Arnold, I feel like is the king of them, or like oh, Seagal, or um, they, they kind of look with Arnold especially has more weight to it for some yeah. reason. Well, I I don't I don't dislike Arnold, but I don't like Seagal or Stallone. I think JCVD is like the king of all of them, though. In terms <laughs> of in terms of like the movies I want to watch, yeah, that's in the movies I want to watch. Yes, yes. maybe Arnold, honestly, but JCVD would be second. Dolph Lundgren's kind of up there. We watched that like Joshua Tree movie that was sick. Yeah, but the, I feel like these movies are only good when it's hand to hand combat. Like when guns come in, it's just kind of like not that interesting. There's a couple hand to hand combat scenes in this that are pretty good. Like the fruit yeah. market fight scene is pretty good when they're run- <laughs> it's like him and Rob Schneider running from like a ton of guys. Yeah, that scene's awesome. That and then- scene, I feel like I'm really harping on like where it opens up, but like that scene opens on a bowl of carrots and celery. <laughs> they always start on this weird little exposition. It's usually food, and then they pan out and do that crazy like fish eye zoom shit yeah. into something else. And then. Uh, later on in the movie, there's like the scene on the fight scene on the barge, or is it a bar boat or oh, something? He's just and sliding. he's sliding all around, <laughs> dude. I swear the transporter ripped this shit off because oh, there's really? that scene in transporter where he's fighting in the oil and he's sliding all over the place. And I, dude, I've never seen. Definitely got it from this movie. I mean, transporter is sick. Is it really? But def like at least the first one. Okay. Uh, definitely got that shit from this movie. I feel like Jason Statham. Uh, I think I have like a fact about that. Maybe okay. Um, let's hear it. Um, let's maybe I don't. Never mind. <laughs> there you're uh, good. Um, how would you how would you assume this movie did at the box office? Oh, bad. Budget was thirty million. How much how much do you think it recouped? Two. It made twenty. Wow. Okay. For a movie <laughs> I've never heard of. What? That's kind of wild. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't know. I feel like I mean people went and saw Street Fighter, so maybe it's kind of that. Um. Yeah, Schneider played a way larger role than I thought he was going to in this movie. It was He's like, like a main character. He is like, a main character. Like. T- two of the top build. Yeah. Um. What do I? What else I got here? He uses uh, teeth to throw a bottle of acid on a guy and on his elbow. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. I remember being like, "How does that work?" There's a. Uh, I mean, we just we just keep talking about all the scenes in this, but there's a scene where they meet back up with Eddie. Eddie's been in hiding. Right. And then but, he's oh, like, and- "Yo, let me show you something in my safe." Mm-hmm. He opens a safe. And he gets fucking launched out of a window by like a <laughs> rocket that shoots out of the safe, and then he explodes. They got him, dude. I was like, God damn, they that was a Eddie. gruesome death. So, so let's try and back up a second. So, Eddie's adopted brother was John Claude Van Damme. Yeah, that makes. Why doesn't that make sense to you? It doesn't make a ton of sense, <laughs> but I, I guess 
in every JCVD movie, there's always some like basis for why he can fight well. Yeah. In this movie, he's just an everyman. Like, cl- like I guess he's CIA, but like. No, JCVD is not CIA. Rob Schneider is. You're right. He's not CIA. JCVD is like, holy shit, you were CIA this whole time and you never told me. I'm just like a yeah. a clothing entrepreneur. But that's what I'm saying. <laughs> there's no there's no basis for why he's jacked and beating the shit out of everyone. I think he's just. Well, I guess it's he's the he's adopted adopted into, brother of some fucking of Eddie Wang. Hong Kong fighter guy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, dude. There's a line that really cracked me up. Um, Rob Schneider says they found explosives in our genes. That's not good. People don't want explosives in their genes. And JCVD just goes, "Hey, some people do, you know." (laughs) (laughs) There's another line where uh, that Rob Schneider says when like him and the CIA lady are tied. Also, there's like this that whole weird sexual tension part between them. That that scene was got really almost explicit. That character is so weird. The the yeah black chick is like um her name is like karen or something karen lee i think yeah yeah Yeah, i don't know man there's a part where they get taken captive and they're tied up on the boat (laughs) and he says something and he says like i'm trying to mind fuck them but beautiful bird call thank you uh he says i'm trying to mind fuck them but it's definitely 80 yard and it's one I'm convinced it's one thousand percent not his voice. <laughs> That's so awesome, dude. Um, oh, there's a part at the end when he's sliding around. Uh, we're like you said, we're, we're literally just seeing scenes at this point. But there's a scene where the two walls are closing in and they're gonna smush him. Yeah. I I have a fear of that. I've always been afraid of that. You're I realized in two walls. Yeah. Did you watch like Star Wars as a young kid? Maybe Actually, that, no. Maybe I that didn't. part, the no. trash compactor scene. Uh, no. Um, there is. What's up with the coughing guy? John claude Van Damme fights this guy who coughs a lot. What's his deal? I don't remember that. Actually. He's kind of like the final boss because there is a um, they fight on the boat. They fight previously also. Uh, oh, in like the warehouse thing when they're like escaping from the warehouse, maybe. Yeah, and then the way he like, I can't remember the way he dies. I didn't write. Oh wait. The coffin guy, they're fighting on top of like a sort of a platform and he gets hit by like a swinging ship shipping container and it just like just kills him basically. Yeah, this movie's like very late 90s, pretty and pretty zany, I would say. It's like pretty wild. Um, I would also say there's like a whole the whole sliding around fighting scene. (laughs) I'm fairly certain no one says a word for about 10 minutes. Like the there is no spoken dialogue during that whole end fight scene at all, and it's long. And the movie's under hour, hour and a half. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, dude. like that's a big portion of the movie. Um, the final credits, uh, the theme. Do you think that was written for the movie? It's like I don't specifically about it. It's just, the lyrics probably. are just like knock off, knock off. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, I mean, probably it's like yeah. it's a knock off. Yeah, yeah. I don't uh, think we got a split from John Claude Van Damme in the entire movie, which is a bummer. Uh, I know, I know, he's known for doing the splits. Maybe he wasn't uh, doing them. In 1998. I feel like he's been... Um, yeah, he's retired it or something, maybe. Oh, I did write this. I guess it happens at some point. But this is a big like uh, kung fu sort of trait, is when someone is fighting and their jacket gets stuck. Oh. And then they kind of like slide out of it and keep fighting. I love that shit. I live <laughs> for that. Someone make me a compilation of all the sliding out of jacket fight scenes. I, I would love that. I would actually really like that a lot, too. So kind of like dipping our toes back in the plot real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm kind of wrapping up my notes here in a way. But um, Tommy, who is Rob Schneider's character? 
Is that right? I don't remember who's who. It's possible. <laughs> There's Tommy and Marcus. Who the fuck is who? I think Marcus is JCVD and Tommy is... Yeah, I think that's true. Is, so, yeah. essentially, one thing we miss about the plot is Paul Sorvino is a CIA guy, but he's like kind of the what seems to be the leader of the CIA, but he's secretly working with the terrorists, right? So he double-crosses them when they're on the boat, mm-hmm. and then he ends up escaping, right, as they kind of like defeat the rest of the guys on the boat. Right. Um. So then he is working on like toys or more clothing or something, and he's adding more Some explosives more, to them. Oh, the Apple Baby knockoffs. They're yes, like, they're like Beanie Babies. So Tommy still has a detonator, and he just like what? he's just like blah blah blah, and then presses the button, and then in the distance, <laughs> Paul Sorvino blows the fuck up and it's dies. Stupidest <laughs> ending I've ever seen. <laughs> Kind of oh great. God. Um, the one, the la- do you? What else do you have? I have one IMDb fact. I'm I would pretty much to share. I'm pretty much out of facts at this point. So if you got anything else, okay. Feel free so to- one IMDb fact that stuck out to me was that during the filming of this movie, uh, I don't know the. I didn't look into this much further, but Jean Claude Van Damme was held in custody by the Hong Kong police for indecent exposure. For, uh okay showing his thing showing off his <laughs> showing uh, off his hang down <laughs> doing the splits yeah something popped out dude <laughs> he pulled a Lenny Kravitz <laughs> that's all I got that's all you got yeah I uh I've been looking up a couple of the IMDb tags if you've got any uh I got like five of them that might be interesting let's go um how about exploding boat do you think what do you think the top movie is for uh exploding boat uh too fast too furious. That's a really good guess. Um, not even in the top ten. Under Siege is in the top ten. Oh, that makes face off. Oh, in the Battleship, top 10. the like the newer the the movie about the board game. Neither of those in the top twenty. It looks like number one is uh, Batman Forever, the one with uh, Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. Oh no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jim Carrey. Maybe, uh, maybe Clooney. I forget which one. That's, that's Val I think that's Val. Yeah. Weird. Okay, sure. How about Karate? Uh, like Karate Kid or Cobra Kai or some shit. Good guesses, but no. Matrix. Oh, Co- the Co- new Matrix. Cobra Kai is number four. Matrix isn't up there. Number one is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I guess the Bruce Lee scene. What the fuck? Yeah, All right, no, it sucks. How about Buddhist Temple? Um, Buddhist Temple. Um, <sighs> this movie is a sequel. If that helps at all. It's a sequel. Yeah. Did it come out in the two thousands? It did. It's Buddhist. Two thousand four, like fucking bat the third the Bane Batman one. <laughs> no, Kill Isn't Bill. Like, Vol- there's like a temple in that, right? Kill Bill Volume Two. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I think that movie came out like ten years after what you're thinking. The like <laughs> the Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> yeah, it's like a, they're in a temple in that, right? Something like that. I don't know. How about uh, Rickshaw? Uh. Yes, yeah, big trouble. Big, I'm just. I'm basically just asking you to remember movies. Big trouble, little China or something. I don't no. know. This is a dumbass segment. Indiana, Indiana Jones, and the <laughs> Temple of Doom. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. How about this last one? Uh, Tough Girl. Kill Bill Volume Two. <laughs> no, come on. Uh, like um, think think of Kick Ass Two. Think of what you were just talking about. Um, and what I referenced earlier, <laughs> the Batman. Oh, like the Batman, yeah, the, the Zoe Kravitz, the, the Catwoman one, yeah. thing. She's okay. a tough girl, you know. I haven't seen it yet. I wouldn't. Know. Oh, you really? Yeah, I really haven't seen it. It's on HBO now, though. I'll watch. Oh, it is soon. it? Yeah, yeah. I I wouldn't mind rewatching it. I think I'm gonna have to 
cut it up in two sittings. It's, seems long it's, I, I don't save it for another podcast and cover the batman yeah, yeah, but yeah. like it's not incredible they need to make movies fun again that movie's a real drudge make movies fun again let's get some hats Dude, don't even don't you dare and then we'll put wine and cheese on the back <laughs> do that <laughs> that's actually a really good idea <laughs> we'll have a hat that says make records whiny and movies cheesy again i'd like that even more actually I, dude i don't know i think trump parody hats are awful oh no for sure <laughs> you, okay you, we can do a mock, really, we'll do a mock-up you lured me into i that did one, I, for sure. i'm so sorry i we'll, i fucking hate the trump hat we'll shit, do a mock-up yeah um we'll do a knockoff maybe is bada, that that would be a knockoff bada right? bing bada bing all right, we're out of here. It's a knockoff. We should play that. Hey, what would think. you give this movie rating? Um, Mine's a two out of five. It's 8% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> it's eight on Rotten Tomatoes? Yeah, eight. It's not that bad. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty bad. Um, I'd give it like a two out of five. Maybe. Uh, cool, yeah, same. Two or a three out of five. Um, yeah, thank you guys for listening. Um, if you're still here, thanks, for thanks, 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 mate. Um, go to Apple Podcasts, rate us. Send us an email at wine cheese pod. Follow us on all the socials, wine cheese pod. Uh, you rate us on Spotify. It's way easier than the Apple thing. All you got to do is click the stars. You don't have to write anything. Oh, hell yeah. Go on Spotify and rate us. Yeah. Um, join us next time. We're going to be covering Fallout Boy, Take This to Your Grave, and The Mummy. <laughs>